Matthew chapter 21 and verse uh, 28. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 28. And let's take a look at what the Bible has to say here. Matthew 21, 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to his first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. And he said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he, said unto, and he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them the twain did the, did, the father, uh, did the will of his father? They say unto him, the first. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterwards that ye might believe him. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a winepress in it and built a tower and led it out to, to husbandmen and went, and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. And again, he sent other servants more than the first and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son saying, they will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him, and cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. When the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They, said unto, they say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will, out, out, and will let out his vineyard unto another husbandman, which shall render him the fruits in their season." Jesus saith unto him, unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables... They perceived that they spake of, him, of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. And again, he sent forth other servants saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage, but they made light of it and went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found. Men, can, that God desires that all men what, come to repentance. So it's not like there are some that can be saved and then some that can't be saved. No, what he's saying is the reason that they weren't worthy, it's after the fact that they already rejected the message of the king. They already rejected the son. They already rejected the grace of God. So once you reject the grace of God, the God of grace will reject you and say, I never knew you. You weren't worthy. 
That's what he's saying there. And, and so I, I want you to understand that, that all men need the gospel. You say, well, can you prove that from this portion of Scripture? Yes, I can, and I'm glad that you asked me that. You say, well, show me that. Well, take a look. Verse 9, Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid them to the marriage. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Oh, wait, no. Okay. So how do, he wasn't saying that there were some just created for heaven and some just created for hell. See, there's still the universal call of the gospel for everyone to accept the grace of God. What does it say there? That they went and they recruited the bad and the good. You say, well, what does he mean by that? What he's saying is that no class of people are excluded from the gospel. See, see, the point is that those who look good in the eyes of the world, they need the gospel. You, you know what I'm talking about. Those who look good in the eyes of the world, those who, who dress right, you, you know, the, the, we would go into Philadelphia and we would see those high-powered lawyers that seem to have it all together. Or the doctors, you know, that seem to have it all together. They're, they're good people. We're not talking about Hannibal Lecter. Okay? We're talking about the good people. So it says that he invited the good people and then the bad people. You know, the bad people are people in the streets, right? You know, the ones who use drugs all the time, the, one, the ones who run around, the, the ones who are involved in this, that, and the other thing. They're, the, the world will look at them and say, they're the bad people, right? The ones who end up in prison, the ones who do the real bad things. The point is that there's a universal call of the gospel to all people. So no class of person is excluded from the gospel call. Listen, it's not the condition of man that brings a man into the kingdom. It's the acceptance of the gospel call that brings a man into the kingdom. And that's what Jesus is trying to show there. They weren't worthy. Why were they not worthy? It wasn't because of who they were as an individual. It's because they rejected the grace of God. Then why could the good and bad come in to the, to the wedding feast? Why could they come in and, and be a part of the kingdom? Because they accepted the gospel call. They came to the wedding. They accepted it. The others didn't. Jesus drives the nail in the proverbial coffin here. When he speaks of a man who was at the wedding, but he didn't have a wedding garment on. The king comes in to the... To the uh, to the wedding hall, I, I can imagine this in my mind's eye. I can see the king come in with all the pomp and circumstance. And at that time, when you went to a wedding, they gave you a wedding garment to put on. They give you uh, uh, something to put on to recognize that you accepted the invitation and now you're clothed. Because a lot of times, people that might have been invited to the wedding couldn't have, couldn't have the right type of clothing. They didn't have multiple pieces of clothing like we have today. And so a wedding garment, so that that way you would look appropriate for the wedding, a wedding garment was given. You know what that wedding garment is for us, folks? It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God has given us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we are to put that on. And I can see in my mind's eye, the king walk into this grand hall and everybody dressed. Could you imagine if everybody was dressed in this white wedding garment, they had this nice on, and then you see one guy 
in the midst of a couple thousand, and he's in red. I can tell you, if everybody has on one color, and then there's one guy in red, you're going to be able to pick him out. And I can almost see the king come in there and see it. He's probably overjoyed with all the people that are there. It's packed. And he looks and then he sees this guy with a red outfit on him. So how did you get in? Why didn't you put on a wedding garment? See, to refuse the wedding garment is to state that he's going to get into the wedding on his own. Hey, preacher, hey, friend, I'm going to get to heaven my own way. I'm going to do it on my own terms. What does Jesus say here? He says that that's a pretty bad decision. There's going to be final destruction. Take a look here. Then said the king to his servants, verse 13, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what Jesus was showing? He was showing this religious group once again that their self-righteousness will not get them into the kingdom. And guess what, friend? Just like self-righteousness will keep somebody out of the kingdom, power will keep somebody out of the the kingdom, not experiencing the grace of God, your self-righteousness and my self-righteousness that we, we, we exercise throughout Uh, Our lives, from time to time, will keep us from experiencing the grace of God. See, Lord, I'm I'm not as bad as that that person. I'm pretty good, God. But our self-righteousness will keep us from experiencing the grace of God. You know what I find interesting? Is in the first parable... The religious religious leaders had something to say. Jesus asked them a question. And they responded. He said, well, it was the first. The, The first group was the one that did your will, Father. In the second parable, Jesus asked them a question. He said... So what should, what should the landowner do to these men? They, and the, the religious leaders responded once again in self-condemnation. They said, well, he ought to destroy those wicked men. In the third parable, Jesus says, friend, how did you get in? It says that the man was speechless. So what does that have to do with anything? What it lets us know is that you can try and give an excuse to God for why you're going to do things your way, but eventually you're going to come to a place where you're not going to have anything left to say. You're going to condemn yourself. The man was speechless. He couldn't say anything. He knew that his self-righteousness, that his own personal power had condemned him, and he wasn't able to experience the grace of God. See, my friend, this evening, if you know Christ, your personal Savior, you're clothed with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. But just like this man refused the wedding garment and he decided to live in his own self-righteousness, though you're saved... That does not keep you from living in self-righteousness. 
That, that doesn't keep you from not experiencing the grace of God in your life because you'd rather live life your way. I want you to understand three things from this portion of Scripture. We need to remember this as a church. Number one, God invites many different kinds of people into his kingdom. Number two, a continual rejection of God's grace leads to eventual retribution. There's going to be some consequences. And number three, if you don't know Christ, failure to prepare properly will leave you liable for eternal punishment. You and I would look at an unsaved person, we would shake our heads after we shared the gospel with them and say, Pastor, why are they continually rejecting the grace of God? I don't know. I wish they would get saved. But you know what? I think that we ought to evaluate our own lives and see, am I missing out on God's grace in my life because of pride, because of position, or because of power? Is there something in my life? Lord, help me not to allow those three attitudes in my life to keep me from not experiencing your grace.